Welcome to Today on Broadway for, wow, Thursday, March 1st, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Broadway star's James Marino. And I'm the theater throwback's Daniela Parcell. We are in like a lion at the beginning of March. Uh, last night was the first preview performance of Carousel. That was one Scott Rudin show that did not have to postpone its first previews. But uh, congratulations to everybody over at the Imperial. I'm excited to hear how things went because um, it's a Rudin show. So everything is a closely guarded secret until there's actual paying customers there. And even then, sometimes you don't hear anything. So um, I did want to give everybody an update uh, based off of our episode from yesterday when I spoke with something rotten national tour star Autumn Hurlbert. And we talked a little bit about their trip to The Price is Right. Um, It was on yesterday. And what Autumn was not allowed to tell us was that one of the cast members, Ralph Meitzler, who's the... um, He's a uh, in the ensemble, but the understudy for Shakespeare. He was one of the first four contestants called up to contestants row. He won the very first. Um, he won the very first whatever the thing is where they all bid from the from the row. He won like an HTC cell phone. And let me tell you, dude was excited. He's jumping up and down even before he won anything. He was going crazy. Um, he his first game I guess of what it is it's like the yellow brick road or something and he had to like pick numbers to fit into a price he didn't win either the jet ski or the car but he did win a ping pong table um and then <laughs> yeah and then that's what he went on tour a ping pong right, table. Exactly. well I mean I don't know if you want a jet ski or a new escalator or whatever it was but um but yeah so then he, he he went to the thing where they spin the wheel and he actually won that he hit 90 cents somebody else um had hit 85 and he surpassed that with 90 he went to the showcase showdown unfortunately he did not win the other person was just about four thousand dollars off he had unfortunately gone over by a few thousand uh, but he was had so much fun and it was so cool because literally you saw Rob McClure getting up, giving hand signals on what to bid. You saw Blake Hammond, you saw Autumn, you saw Josh Grissetti. Um, didn't see Adam Pascal. I guess he's a little too 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 cool for that. But um, it was a lot of fun. They were so flipping into it. So I don't know if you can see that on demand or maybe if you DVR'd it or maybe they have it on the Prices Right or CBS website, but it's definitely worth it just to see <laughs> Josh there's the first time when he's on contestants row, Josh Crosetti or maybe it was his first is the first game. Josh Crosetti is sitting in his seat. Everybody else is freaking out trying to tell him what to do and he's just pointing up. He's like, "Go higher. Go higher. Go higher." <laughs> and he ended up being right and he was like, "Yeah." I know I'm the, I'm the man. So it was a lot of fun. So uh, I hope some people watched that. Um, and uh, congratulations uh, to Ralph and his cell phone and uh, ping pong table. All right. So uh, Price is Right recap. We should do this week on the Price is Right. So. <laughs> that's a, that's a, oh, man. That's a, that would have to be a daily show. I don't have time for another daily show. Although, if we want to do a daily recap show of General Hospital, I am all in because that's something that I turn on every day at 2 o'clock. So anybody out there who wants to do that and think we can monetize that somehow, hit me up. I, I didn't even know General Hospital still on. How dare you? they've already taken away all my children and one life to live for me don't even joke about them taking away general hospital well 
Maybe that answers the first uh, story here. Is Tony Shalhoub departing the band's visit to go into General Hospital? I can only wish. Uh, James Franco was was on General Hospital after he was an Academy Award nominee. In fact, there's still a character named Franco that he originally played. In fact, he's getting married on, on today's episode. But anyway, okay, yes, Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> this is another one of those stories that we've heard rumblings about, but yesterday it was confirmed that as of last night's performance, Tony Shalhoub has exited the Broadway production of The Band's Visit to shoot the second season of the hit Amazon dramedy, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Beginning tonight, oh. he'll. <laughs> you're worried for me already, aren't you? Uh, well, I, I thought that Tony Shalhoub departed the van's visit to marry Hope Hicks. No, no, stop. No. Um, beginning tonight, he will be replaced by Dariush Kashani, who was most recently seen on Broadway in Oslo. The press release says that Shalhoub will return for select performances beginning in May of this year, presumably after the season of Marvelous Miss Maisel has been shot and in time for remaining Tony voters to catch the show. The word on the street that I heard is that the production knew that this departure was coming. So they managed to get all or nearly all of the Tony nominators and voters in already, which isn't too unusual for shows that open in the fall. A lot of times, even the out of town folks will go in and see a big group of shows late fall after everything's opened. And then again in the spring. So I, this isn't, too too unusual but obviously like once on this island when you have stars that have to go shoot tv shows what are you going to do now that does lead me to a couple things that are interesting first shalub is not the star of the fabulous mrs Maisel. he is you know an important regular character he plays the title character's father who lives upstairs but the show shoots in new york so it seems a little bit surprising to me that someone of shalub's stature couldn't have his shooting arranged to work around his Broadway performance schedule. Now, I, I don't know if maybe he's more a part of the second season and that's not possible. But when I first heard this, it did surprise me a little bit. I, I love the first season and, and it just kind of he's not that big. I mean, you know, whatever. But also this press release says that Shalhoub will return as Tufik for so, for select performances beginning in May, implying that he will not be there full time and he probably won't be there for the long haul. Broadway performances of the band's visit began in October. It opened in November. So he effectively has done five months of the show. Actually, a little less. Um, he'll take two months off, maybe a little bit more, and will then return for a yet to be determined number and schedule of performances. Now, James, I know when this first came out, um, you know, you were a little concerned about how it might impact Tony's stuff, but assuming that the producers got the nominators and voters in already, do you just think about the fact that this star who is really the only recognizable name to people outside of the Broadway community, him being gone, whether that's in promotional things or the, the meet and greet circuit, do you think that this has any other impact on the Tony rate, Tony race, either for Shalhoub or for the show? I do. You know, you look at – did you look at um, the season when Avenue Q won and, uh, you know, Avenue Q was the the big underdog and they campaigned. There's a great camp- – yeah, there's a great documentary. There's a great documentary on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that's an, that's an important part of this thing, especially – if he's only going to be part-time, uh, I mean, at least he's coming back for May uh, when everything ramp really ramps up. But um, 
you know, it's as though it's as though he's taking weekends in Mar-a-Lago, you know, uh, don't. I don't think Mr. Shalhoub would be appreciative of you comparing him <laughs> to the, what do you call him, the orange monster or whatever orange it is? Orange monster. <laughs> All right. This is, this is going to be one of those times where I regret asking, but Daniela, do, do you know who Tony Shalhoub is? Yeah. I saw okay. the band's visit. Oh, that's right. I probably wouldn't know who he was if I hadn't <laughs> okay. seen it. But... You, wouldn't, you wouldn't know who he is other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Oh man! <laughs> you, you, and you didn't watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I thought that would be something you'd be interested in. No, I did not. I'm not very good with TV and movies. Man, all right. I, like <laughs> I, Antonio Scarpacci from Wings. Like I will. I think Wings is one of the most underrated ensemble sitcoms in the history of television. I will go to my death saying that him and Tim Daly and Stephen Weber, lots of good theater guys on that show. Yeah, I'm, I loved I mean, Wings. Uh, Monk. Monk. Uh, oh, so good. Um, what did he do at uh, Lincoln Center last couple years ago? Act two. Um, he did Act two at Lincoln Center. Then he did The Price with Roundabout. Price, yeah. Um, last year, he's so an incredible, yeah. incredible talent. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm sure, and he keeps coming back to Broadway. So, I, I you know, I don't think he has to. I think that he's in high demand. Uh, he's yeah, coming he, back to Broadway because he wants to, and I mean, for him to do an original musical off Broadway uh, yeah. last year, I, you know, this is this is he's passionate about this, and I'm so yeah. excited because he's incredibly talented. Yeah, and All also right. just a point of clarification: it's actually Act One, not Act Two. So we both <laughs> yeah. screwed that one up. Yeah. He played the older Moss Hart. And then played George S. Kaufman and Santino Fontana played the younger Moss Hart yes. as it kind of went back and forth. Exactly. Uh, next up, Once in this Island is going to launch a national tour next season. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yesterday, producers Ken Davenport and Hunter Arnold announced that a tour of the Aarons and Flaherty musical will launch from Los Angeles' Center Theater Group in the fall of 2019. More dates and cities will be announced in the future, supposedly. Now, guys, I, a couple things about this jump out to me. Obviously, you can probably guess one of them. Uh, I really hope that this tour actually happens after what didn't happen the last time that a tour of a Michael Arden-directed show uh, was announced by Ken Davenport. So who knows? Maybe there'll be a Kickstarter involved. But uh, anyway, the second thing is, is that CTG is a somewhat unique tour presenter as they specialize in smaller shows. They still have fairly big name shows, but they're of the smaller variety. Their 2018-2019 season is an out-of-town tryout for Ain't Too Proud. Then they get Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, Matthew Bourne's Ballet Cinderella that I think played at I don't know, either Lincoln Center or City Center recently. Then they get falsettos and decent and the play that goes wrong. So obviously, similarly, not exactly the same, uh, but like Fun Home, it seems like this show is going to go from being presented in the round as it has been at Circle in the Square, also like Fun Home, uh, to being a more um, proscenium show that, that would be a little easier to tour. But the fact that it's going into CTG makes me happy that it will seemingly look to maintain the intimacy that the show has on Broadway. Now, for all I know, it could go from there to the Smith in, in Vegas, which seats like 
you know, 2,500 people. But I hope that they try to find houses where this show will be able to translate, because I don't know if even down here in Orlando at the 2,700 seat Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts, if it will have the same impact as it would in a smaller proscenium house. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Once in the Silent, I think, needs to be intimate or else it it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think that that's what's special about the circle in the square right now. So yeah. we'll have to and, see. Hmm? Yeah, and what are they going to do with the goats on tour? <laughs> and the chicken. <laughs> uh, you know. Certain hotels will uh, accommodate. <laughs> you got to get the right Airbnb for that one. Mm, yeah. Next up in the news, uh, Broadway HD acquires the streaming rights to the Toxic Adventure musical. Yes, yesterday, Broadway HD that has acquired the rights to the cult hit the Toxic, the Toxic Avenger, the musical, and that they would be premiering it at the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo on April 7th. After that premiere, it will be available on the streaming service. It doesn't actually say when after the premiere it will be available um but i'm i'm thinking it'll be fairly soon after that if not immediately now what's interesting about this press release that nowhere in the text of the announcement does it say what production of the show has been captured however last fall the show did play a very well received run first at the south Wark playhouse in the uk and then at the arts theater in the west end and with the recent expansion of the UK productions that Broadway HD has had with shows like The Railway Children and The Wind in the Willows and more, this would make the most sense to me, especially since the release does have reviews for the show from the Daily Telegraph. But that could just be reviews for a production. They haven't confirmed that it is that production that has been filmed. If you're unfamiliar with the show, it has a book by the Tony winning team of Joe DiPietro and a score by David Bryan. And it follows the story. Um, this is based on a really low budget, not even a B film, like a C or D film. That was a cult hit. It's a story about a nerd turned turned superhero after he was doused with toxic waste and he became an ugly seven foot tall mutant. And he and his blind librarian girlfriend try to prevent their corrupt New York, uh, New Jersey mayor. Sorry, not New York um, from throwing toxic waste. Uh, all over the Garden State. I've seen a local production of the show, so I'm really excited to see it done better than I saw it because uh, I really like the music and I just love that this is such a bizarre concept for a musical. Um, and when I was a kid, there was actually a Toxic Avenger cartoon, which is how I first knew about it. So I'm excited to see uh, whatever production they end up putting up on Broadway HD. Joe DiPietro, just uh, churning it out. You know? <laughs> dude, dude just writes like it's going out of style. He, this is the team also behind the upcoming uh, Princess Diana musical, Diana. So very different uh, subject matter uh, in there. They were very wide, <laughs> wide range here. Daniela, I uh, hesitate to ask any familiarity with Toxic Avenger. <laughs> I thought you nope. scared if she knew nope. who Princess Diana was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know who Princess Diana was. Yeah. So there's like one positive <laughs> to come out of today. 
Toxic, uh, Toxic's great. I mean, uh, the off-Broadway, I don't know if it was the off-Broadway premiere, but like the big off-Broadway uh, production featured uh, Constantine Maroulis as Toxie, and then the girlfriend, who I can't remember her name, that was played by Diana DeGarmo. And there were rumors about it actually coming to Broadway at one point, and it just never actually happened. And then Joe and David, I think this was after they had Memphis that became a big hit. And, you know, so I'm not sure of the timeline there, but it's a it's a really fun show. And I would have loved to seen those two in it, but did never never came to Broadway. I thought that Peter and Michael had uh, reviewed it on uh, this week on Broadway, but I don't oh, see look. it. In the, I don't see it in the archive, but I thought that they had. Hmm. I wonder if. Uh, we just didn't tag it in the archive. All right. What's up in the show and casting news? All right. Some real quick things here. Yesterday, the McKeetrick Hotel announced that the North American premiere of Flight has extended through April 8th. This show slash art installation, which came directly from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, got a fantastic review in The New York Times last week, I think. And through recorded dialogue, puppets, visual art, uh, design, and other multi multidisciplinary arts, it tells this really unique refugee story. Another interesting thing about it is, is that it's not a traditional show. You actually experience flight by yourself as you walk through the experience by yourself for about 45 minutes. Um, I'm actually seeing this next month. Uh, uh, Julie's actually coming with me. Uh, so I am looking forward to seeing this little bit of unique storytelling, whatever the heck it actually is. Now, also on Wednesday, MCC Theater announced the complete cast for the world premiere production of Transfers, written by Obi winner Lucy Thurber and directed by Jackson Gay. The cast will feature Ato Blankson Wood, Leon Addison Brown, Juan Castano, Glenn Davis, and Samantha Soule. Transfers was inspired by young artists participating in the MCC Theater Youth Company and will begin previews at the Lucille Lortel Theater on Thursday, April 5th, with an official opening night set for April 23rd. Also yesterday, the New York Musical Festival, Nymph, has announced 11 of the 12 productions slated for their 2018 season. The festival will take place from July 9th through August 5th. Um, one show, as I said, is still outstanding. I'm not going to give you a ton of details because most of the names aren't people you've you've heard of. Um, but I'll just give you the names of the shows because those are always fun. The shows are Badass Beauty, a rock opera, Between the Sea and Sky, Emoji Land, If Sand Were Stone, Interstate, Pedro Pan, Peter Who, Sonata 1962, The Gunfighter Meets His Match, What's Your Wish, and the invited production selection is An American Hero, A World War II Musical. So if you want more information, we'll have a link in the show notes at broadervideo.com that you can check out, um, or you can go to uh, nymf.org. And finally, in this section, to wrap this all up, yesterday, Deadline reported that Fox 2000 had picked up the rights to the new movie musical featuring a score by Grammy, Emmy, Oscar, and still Tony-less, at least competitive Tony-less, Stephen Schwartz. With a script by David McGee, the film is described as a four-quadrant epic musical fantasy based on the life and works of Hans Christian Andersen. Neil Marin and Craig Zidane will produce the film and baby driver himself, self Ansel Elgort is in talks to star, but his participation has not yet been finalized. Now guys, this sounds like something, especially with Neil and Craig <laughs> producing, um, that will be very kind of flashy and very stylized. Um, and I just can't imagine something like this happening without this surprising yet enduring success 
of the greatest showman, both at the big screen box office and on the billboard charts. I think uh, this is very cyclical. You know, the when we had the great success of of Chicago and as a uh, movie after the the Broadway production, uh, we saw a surge of of Hollywood musicals, and I think that this is. Uh, I think that Hollywood's rediscovering. Oh yeah, these uh, these musicals can make money and. Uh, <laughs> That 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 excites Hollywood. So uh, I, I think that we're going to see a bunch of these, and that's great. I'm excited about that. It's literally the only thing that excites Hollywood is making money. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Daniela, take us back to the oh, yesteryear when 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 Hollywood was <laughs> not excited about money. <laughs> that's not true. I'm hoping I'm hoping for either a ghost story or a flop. Come on, Daniela, give me uh-huh. something here. I have neither actually. Oh, I have okay, I have a fine. strike. Oh, which is okay. also fun. Yeah. So <laughs> today we're going strike. back to <laughs> today we're going back to February twenty sixth, twenty sixth, two thousand three. This was when we started hearing the first rumblings of the musician strike that would later shut down Broadway shows for four days. So troubles began to brew in late February of 2003 when the contract between Local 802 of the American Federation of Musicians and the League of American Theaters and Producers was reaching its expiration. Negotiations had begun, but musicians were unhappy with one particular clause in the new contract. Producers wanted to drastically reduce the minimum number of of musicians required for each Broadway show. Now, the number of orchestra members that producers have to hire depends on the size of the theater. For for the largest houses, like the Gershwin and the St. James, under the old contract, the minimum ranged from 24 to 26. Producers wanted to lower this to as few as seven. Their argument was that these high minimums were outdated and forced them to hire musicians they didn't need it. Union members, of course, were upset and worried by these new provisions. Their jobs were being threatened, and there was the fear that with this shrinkage, producers would be inclined to save some money by hiring as few musicians as possible, in turn sacrificing the sound quality of a great big orchestra. The union spokesman argued that a seven-person orchestra shouldn't even be considered an orchestra. Then to take that even further, others worried that this was the first step in eliminating live music altogether on Broadway. The two groups struggled to reach a compromise. While the producers were willing to inch their numbers up a little bit, the musicians were unwilling to go below 24. So on Friday, March 7th, Local 802 officially began their strike. At first, shows were still scheduled to go on that night. Producers were hoping that they could use so-called virtual orchestras to replace the striking musicians. But when Actors Equity and Local One stood in support of the strike, they were forced to cancel the shows for that night. Every single Broadway musical was dark except for Cabaret, which was on a different contract, I guess. And the off-Broadway shows were not affected. As expected, with Broadway shut down, there was a lot of disappointment among tourists, along with confusion over what shows were actually running. One woman's reaction was, I quote, I don't even know where off-Broadway is. And (laughs) another tourist who was informed by her waitress that Aida was canceled that night said, our dinner was ruined. Everyone was upset. What else are we going to do? Which, you know, is a fair question. You're in New York City. There's really nothing else to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
So negotiations continued to no avail until Mayor Michael Bloomberg got involved. Even though this was a relatively short strike, it had still cost the city millions already, and he just wasn't having it. So Bloomberg forced union leaders to sit with a mediator, and after about 12 hours, they compromised on a minimum of 18 to 19 musicians for Broadway's largest theaters. Musicals were up and running again by March 11th. This had been the first major shutdown of Broadway since the last musician strike in 1975, but it would only be four years until the next one. Um, I actually talked about this a few months ago. I think it was a few months ago. Uh, in 2007, Local One, the stagehands union, had their own walkout. Hmm. It's interesting about Cabaret. Like, I, I don't know if because that's, that's roundabout if they weren't affected, and if that's the case, I wonder if... Lincoln Center had a musical going on at that time, if that would be a different thing, but that's interesting. Yeah, um, uh, we, we've talked a little bit about this before, about commercial printer, uh, printers, <laughs> commercial producers <laughs> like uh, Scott Rudin uh, versus the nonprofits, you know, uh, Lincoln Center Theater, um, Roundabout, uh, um, MTC, MTC. Yeah, uh, they 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 have a different uh, contract not only for their musicians but for their actors and everybody else involved. So it's a very different thing. You could be in a in a, what is called a a Broadway play or musical and be making you know at, at that point uh, six eight hundred dollars a week. Yeah, uh, not because, not the Broadway minimum. Yeah, not the Broadway minimum because you're on a Lord contract. It's a uh, it's interesting. It's it's so great to uh, be reminded that that this frail system uh, can be can be taken down uh, so quickly uh, by Stick people. Stick it to the man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Matt. Why don't you get us out of here? I think the real reason the strike ended was because Brooklyn showed up. But anyway, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. And subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Our Wish, Want, and Will Oscars episode will drop on Friday. So, Daniela, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Daniela Parcel and on Instagram at Daniela Parcel OL. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us, and Matt and I will be back to get you into the weekend tomorrow. 